Hello, Career Cohort. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Emily Wong, founder of Words of Distinction. We talk about tools for achieving career success, inspirational stories about overcoming career and life challenges, and how we can recalibrate our perspective to better enjoy the journey forward. Hello, friends. Uh, Today, I want to talk about something that comes up a lot in my conversations with my clients. And that is the question of talking too much about themselves or sounding overly braggadocious, if that's a word, or uh, just sounding obnoxiously self-promotional. And I want to really kind of address that because I get it. A lot of you don't feel the need to shout out your achievements because there's a reason you got to be where you are. You spend more of your time showing what you can do so you don't have to talk about it. And humility is a great thing. And I kind of want to just go through my thoughts um, in the areas of resumes, cover letters, and LinkedIn. And to be clear, Showing versus telling is the first rule of creating a standout career profile. So a lot of what you talk about or what you write about is basically answering those questions of what you're capable of doing. So just remember that you do need to promote yourself because that's the only way you're going to rise above the competition. And you can start by striking that right tone. And you can do that by sharing compelling stories about your achievements while elevating those with whom you work wherever possible. Doing this, and I mean, talking about how you've led teams of high performers to achieve something really conveys your sense of community and who doesn't appreciate community right now, right? And that is a that is a skill, it's really a soft skill that companies are looking for in people, either a leader who can elevate their teams and recognize their teams or somebody who's a team player. You might be an individual contributor, but if you're celebrating and bringing teams together that says a lot about you as a team player. So while all the elements in your career profile should complement each other in promoting who you are as the best candidate, each plays a slightly different role in the process and therefore works best with a specific tone. So where's the balance between obnoxious self-promotion and underselling yourself? It starts with whether you write it in the first or third person. So today, let's just talk about the three main elements of your career profile, your resume, your LinkedIn profile and cover letter, and how using subtle changes in tone for each one of those elements will create a compelling package that's just irresistible for a reader. So let's start with your resume. Although technically resumes are written in the first person with the pronoun understood to be I, 
The fact that the pronoun is omitted allows you to brag a little bit more than if you were writing something as a full-on first-person document. Yes, you can and should refer to yourself as a turnaround expert or top performing sales manager in the country if that's who you are. Fortunately, you can and should tweak your resume for each company to which you apply. This could mean swapping out some skills, but it could also mean changing the job titles or the tone of your resume. So for example, if you're a game designer, use that title for roles you target within your industry. But when targeting outside of the video game industry, maybe you could call yourself a digital designer. You see that's more of a, it has a, more of a global appeal. Just remember that ultimately it's about the reader, not you. So when you make these statements, make sure that they tie back to the needs of the company you're targeting. The summary section, which replaces that stodgy objective statement that was all about you, is a quick snapshot of who you are and what your unique value is. Also, I wanted to note that it's fine to include outside interests. Uh, just on a personal note, one of my bosses early in my career told me that she invited me to my first interview because she read that I had built a bookcase. That was just part of my personal statement at the bottom. And she thought that was interesting because she was a very crafty person. So the next area, the next element in your career profile is the LinkedIn profile. And kind of like cell phones bypass the rules governing landlines, LinkedIn grew up quickly and didn't get caught up in the traditional rules of resume. And that's a really good thing for both job seekers and recruiters. So they kind of came up with their own rules while the resume police weren't looking. So namely, you must have a photo, in, which is very different from a resume, right? Because HR still frowns upon resumes, at least in the US, they don't like resumes with photos because you can get into supposedly some legal issues with that. But LinkedIn does want you to have a photo. In fact, if you don't have a photo, it, it makes people suspicious. So make sure you have a photo. And then you can be as serious or playful as the industry you're targeting is, right? So of course you wanna keep it professional and family friendly, but just remember that you know, you're doing the research on these companies and the industry. And if you're targeting startups in an, a fun industry, then, you know, use that kind of language in LinkedIn. It's a great thing to do. In fact, you could use a little bit of your, your resume as well, but LinkedIn is really the place where you can add texture, which is just so wonderful. Now, if you're targeting startups, you can exude your sense of humor while remaining professional. On the other hand, if your target is traditional banks, you might want to dial that back while maintaining a direct line of communication with hiring managers. And what I mean by a direct line of communication is write in the first person and include pronouns. And here's why. This is your opportunity to connect with your reader. The third person voice feels cold and distant 
by comparison. And people are moving toward that more conversational tone. And I always say this, why have a virtual middleman when you have the chance to speak directly to your audience? Now, I'm agnostic when it comes to including actual pronouns in the experience section, but at the very least, write with the first person pronoun understood, just as you do in, in your resume, and that's completely fine. Now, you can only write one LinkedIn profile, so you'll have to reach a broader audience than you would with a, with a resume. This means giving some thought as to how you can capture the widest audience while staying true to yourself and not sounding so broad that your profile lacks focus. Now here's the thing about tone. Now that you're speaking in the first person, you wanna make sure you're sounding confident and communicating your value without sounding over the top bragging, right? And and I'm not saying that, that you can't brag. I just feel like the senior executives are the ones that are often the most humble because their actions speak louder than words and it goes back to showing and so you don't have to tell, right? So this is where you'll, you'd use a more conversational tone. So think about what you'd say face to face. Would you refer to yourself as a turnaround expert? That depends on your personal style and the industry you're targeting. But if you're not comfortable saying that in the first person, you could talk about how exhilarating it was to have the opportunity to turn around a struggling bank with your team of 40, for example. See how that's a little bit different? It still expresses the same thing in a different way. Actually, this statement does two things. It reaches the widest possible audience by telling them about a skill which is leading large teams and a turnaround and problem solving with broad industry appeal. And it also allows you to stay humble without downplaying your skills. So bringing the team into the mix of your story tells the reader that you're a team first leader who shares credit. Now this is a quality any employer would love. Now you can add a little flair and possibly a point of connection with the reader by including a sentence or two about your personal side. So who knows, your reader may share an interest in your rare Japanese manga collection. Who knows? As far as hard hitting phrases about your achievements, you can still use phrases like award-winning national sales leader in your heading. You can also include a subsection in the about section like awards and then list those awards below that. So this, in addition to populating the award section of your profile is a great way to avoid directly stating that you're an award winner if that makes you uncomfortable. The cover letter to write or not to write a cover letter. Now, not every organization will ask for one, but some will. And at the very least, you're likely to get knocked out of the running if you don't include it when it's required. And I mean, if you think about it, when you 
send your resume to someone, you know, maybe you have a, a network connection within the company, which is wonderful, you're still going to have to write some some form of a cover letter, even if it's just the body of the email. So this is why I actually really love cover letters because this is your chance to speak directly to the recruiter. And the cover letter is probably your best marketing tool because it can be so personal and it's really this one-on-one communication, unlike your LinkedIn profile or your resume. So really make this count. And it's easy to think of the cover letter as that annoying chore that you may or may not need. But if you look at this as an opportunity to boost your chances and connect with a reader, you can really have some fun with it. Now, this is a warning. Don't be tempted to reuse the same cover letter for every job. This is your chance to connect with the company. So dedicate a sentence or two to why you're applying for that particular role. Now, of course, since this is a letter, you'll write this in the first person and the tone should fit the culture of the company to which you're applying. Again, you should have done plenty of research on your connections who work there on the company website to know why it's the right company for you and whether it's a playful or serious culture. And then you can use that as a guide when writing your cover letter. Tell a story about a major achievement and the obstacles you jumped to get there. Or you can list three to four bite-sized achievements that tie back to the needs of the company. Be sure to rewrite the bullets rather than just cutting and pasting exactly as they are written on your resume or LinkedIn profile. By the way, you can use bits of the cover letter content in an email if you send your resume as an attachment. For my clients, I typically write a cover letter that fills a page. I want to maximize the words so that they can then chop up and reuse the email for LinkedIn intros and other short correspondence. Just remember that Humility does play a part in success. I'm not a fan of closing with statements like, I'll call you in two weeks to set up an appointment. Instead, say something like, I look forward to expanding on why my experience will help you achieve the results you need to lead the market. See, this is more confident without being pushy. So there you have it, the three major parts of your career profile and how they each have their own slight difference in tone. But not so much that the reader will wonder whether they're reading about the same person. Remember to stay true to your brand and stay focused on whom you want to attract. Now, what do all three of these elements have in common? None look good packed full of jargon. Younger companies especially have a BS meter. So think about what you write and make sure it's natural language. Sincerity is also key. So if you say you're passionate about digital strategies, for example, make sure you can back it up with actions and results. 
better yet, you could say something like, I'm committed to leveling up digital strategies. It just sounds less jargony and it's more believable. So tone is tricky and there can be slight nuances depending on your industry or field. You know, so sometimes maybe your industry or field requires or even your geography that you're targeting requires a little more, a little stronger language or a little more self-promotion. But in other industries or fields or geographies, they don't like that. So, you know, you need to think about that. And I would encourage you, if you're struggling at all, shoot me an email at emily at wordsofdistinction.net and I will send you a link to schedule 15 minutes with me. And when you do that, send me whatever that is that correspondence is, whether it's your cover letter your resume, or your LinkedIn profile. Now your LinkedIn profile, you can either put it into a document and attach that, upload that, or you can just send me your URL. And together, this is a free call. We can talk for 15 minutes and talk about, you know, what is this tone? Is this tone going to work for you? Who are you targeting? Does this make sense? Do you need to beef it up a little bit? Do you need to tone it down? Anyway, I'd love to talk to you and uh, do, please don't be shy. Please reach out. In the meantime, have a wonderful week and I'll be cheering for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Career Cohort. I'm Emily Wong. You can find all my podcasts and blog posts at wordsofdistinction.net. And if you'd like to chat about how I can help you define the next step in your career and achieve your goals, head on over to the same website and book a time on my calendar for a free consult. In the meantime, please be sure to share, subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to bring you great content.